Hello, welcome to the Lansing Area Church of Christ's weekly message podcast. If you'd like to learn more about LACC, please visit us online at lansingchurch.org. Today's message from Joel Nagel continues the summer Treasuring God series and is called Treasuring the Shepherd. You guys can turn your Bibles to John chapter 10. That's where we're going to hang out today. We talk about treasuring God. That's our series for the summer. And specifically today, treasuring the shepherd. It says in John 10, verse 1, Truly, truly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said again to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You know, we're going to talk about treasuring Jesus today as our shepherd. The concept um, of a shepherd, I think it makes sense to us. We kind of understand the shepherd takes care of sheep, right? But it's not as ingrained in our minds as it would have been for Jesus' original audience. And even the disciples kind of were slow to understand what Jesus was talking about. From the very beginning, the people of Israel were shepherds. It was their identity. And so today we're going to work on getting a little more perspective and insight about this concept of shepherding and why it matters in our lives today. And so let's begin with that last sentence that we read. Put it up there again. Jesus says that he's come as the shepherd so that his sheep, his flock, us, so that we can have life and have it abundantly. That's an amazing promise. I don't know if you've ever thought about that specific verse, John 10.10. Jesus promises that he's come that we can have life and have it abundantly. Jesus wants us to have great lives. I think that can be kind of hard to believe sometimes. Do you believe that? That Jesus wants you to have an awesome life. You know, I think we think about eternal life, and that sounds amazing, and we should dream about eternity and how amazing that's going to be. But Jesus, here and now, wants you to have a wonderful life. Isn't that encouraging? I wonder how many of us really believe that. 
I mean, it's in red letters in my Bible. So let's step back. Let's reflect a little bit. What's your life all about? Like if you had to sum up your life with one word or one sentence right now, what would you, this is, what would you say? Yeah, you know what? This is what my life is all about. I know when I was a kid, I would say that hockey was my life. Um, I wrote a letter to myself in seventh grade, and it got mailed to me my senior year. And it was all about how I wanted to be a professional hockey player. Hockey, 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 hockey. Um, and the funny thing is that soon after I wrote that letter, I became a Christian. I switched to wrestling, which isn't any more Christian than hockey. But I gave up hockey because it was just too much. Um, and, I, and, and wrestling really became kind of the thing. Um, not hockey. And so when I got that letter my senior year and I had just had a good wrestling season and I was like, hockey? Like it, it didn't even make sense, this letter, just from a few years earlier. You know, however you might describe your life right now, maybe it'll be different in six months or six years. You know, I've gone through periods in my life that I would describe as lonely. Lonely. I've been in periods of my life where I've been overwhelmed. Maybe that's where you're at right now. And then I've been through periods where I say, I'm happy. I'm feeling abundant. Those are the good times. You know, the words I think we want to describe our lives with are, are things like successful, adventurous, or maybe you're like, not so much adventurous, but secure. That would be awesome. Exciting, fulfilled, fruitful. I think we're all on a path. Do you like the path that you're on? Are you excited about who you're becoming? Are you on the way to an abundant life? You know, other versions of this passage say life in its fullest measure. I've come that they may have everything they need. I've come so they can have real life, eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. That's a big-time paraphrase, but it sounds pretty awesome. A rich and satisfying life. I was talking to Franco and I were hanging out, and John Dempsey up in the UP were talking about this, and, and the word flourishing came up. That's a cool word. Huh? Just think about that idea of flourishing. Abundance. Sounds pretty good. Right, so how do we do it? How do we live an abundant life in the promise that Jesus gave us. Well, we have to follow the good shepherd to wherever he wants to take us. That's how we live an abundant life. To put it very simply, good shepherd, good life. And so I have a question for you. Are you in tune with Jesus? We read this at the beginning of the message here, but did you see how much Jesus talks about that the sheep know his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice. Jesus talks about how there's thieves that want to come and kill and destroy and rob. But if we listen to the voice of the good shepherd, we get to go with him into that abundant place that he wants to lead us to. One of the keys to treasuring the shepherd, treasuring Jesus as our shepherd, as our leader, 
is learning to know and respond to his voice. You know, the, I think the target of this message here, he's speaking to his disciples, but he's, he's kind of calling out the, the Pharisees. They're the ones who want to get in a different way. The religious people of Jesus' day. And I, I just want to point out, I think it's so easy to be religious and not hear the voice of Jesus. Those are two different things, right? And we're, we're really susceptible to the religion part, to getting the religion down, doing the things, but not actually listening for the good shepherd and his voice. So we need to really pay attention to this passage. People try all kinds of things to get into the fold, but Jesus says, well, no, you just need to know my voice and listen to me. Do you know the voice of Jesus? We listen to all kinds of things. Do you know the voice of Jesus? Do you know how to listen for his word? Do you know how to listen to his wisdom? You know, in Israel, sometimes shepherds, you know, they'd get to a spot where there was a pen, and there would be three or four different flocks in one pen. And they, well, how do we sort the, how do we know whose sheep is whose? Well, the shepherd, the sheep would know their shepherd's voice and they could sort it out themselves. I'm going to show you a video right now that kind of shows this. Pretty cool. Should just start playing. There we go. Oh, no, we don't. One more time. he was just farming beets, he was farming sheep as well. Um, isn't that amazing though? Like, if you, if you get a chance to watch the video again, um, you can, I'll send it out or you can watch the, the sermon online, whatever. But uh, the sheep don't, not one sheep lifts its head even for any of the other voices. But then as soon as the farmer starts, one sheep pops up, another, and then, and then they're going. Are you tuned in to the voice 
of Jesus. There are so many other voices. More than ever before. Competing for your attention. Competing for your ear. Competing for our hearts, for our lives. We're up against algorithms. Like that's a word I don't even like to say. It's a hard word to say. And they're, they're after your attention. That's the business. You know, one of, the, one of the great things about getting away, and I hope you get a chance to get away this summer, or at least have some time off to reflect, is if you have a focus on getting closer to God while you're away, and not just escaping for a few days, which maybe that sounds pretty good too, you can start to disconnect from all the other voices, from all the other noise, and get reconnected to Jesus again. That's a big reason why we, we put together that booklet, the Treasure in God booklet, is so you could connect with Jesus again on your own this summer. I hope that you get a chance to do that. Because the shepherd's voice is getting drowned out by thieves and robbers who I think also promise an abundant life that they can't deliver like Jesus can. I love also in this passage, it talks about how Jesus knows us by name. He knows his sheep by name. When I look at a flock of sheep, and I drive past one almost every day, the whole wastewater treatment plant has um, organic lawn mowing. Uh, They've got this huge flock of sheep, and I just see a bunch of indistinguishable sheep. It's just a bunch of white fluffy things. There's a llama in there. I can tell the difference between a sheep and a llama, but that's about the extent of it. Jesus says the good shepherd knows each of his sheep by name. Not only do we want to listen for his voice, he knows your voice. He knows your heart. He knows you and he loves you. It's, you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced this at church, but like you're, you're in church, you're in fellowship, and there's someone who you're talking to, and you should know their name. You've met a few times, but you're like, hey, bro, right? It, that's, that is not what the good shepherd does. He knows you. He sees you as special. He cares for your life. But can you hear him when he calls your name? Do you have the space? in your life, to treasure your shepherd the way that he treasures you. You know, what I think we're really talking about here is something um, that I thought about a lot during my time away, something that I want to talk about a lot more as a church as we go through the summer into the fall, and that's wisdom. Knowing the voice of Jesus, listening to him instead of all of the other voices and all of the other noises, responding to the word of God, those are things that make us wise. Don't you want to be wise? It's like, absolutely, I want to be wise. And here's why I think, you know, we need to talk more about wisdom. We live in an increasingly polarized society. And when societies go that way, uh, the simple, unwise route is to just try to differentiate between right and wrong. That's right, that's wrong. That's right, that's wrong. More like, I'm right, you're wrong. But that's like preschool level, right? The difference, I think, more frequently for an abundant life or a mediocre life 
isn't right or wrong, but is it wise? That's the better question. There are a lot of things that can be right, but not wise. There are a lot of things that maybe even seem good, but they're not Jesus, so they're not wise. You know, if we think back to that question I asked earlier, what defines your life right now? How would you characterize your life? What path are you on? How about wisdom? Wouldn't that be an awesome thing to say, you know, my life is defined by wisdom. Right? I, don't, I feel like I can't even say that. I want to be able to say that. Wouldn't that lead to a great life? Yeah, you know, I'm just growing in my wisdom. To know the voice of Jesus, to treasure your good shepherd, that's to seek a life of wisdom. How many of us are listening for wisdom? When we don't know what to do, we're searching for the wise answer. Are we patient and reflective enough to make the wise choice, especially about the big things in our lives? You know, are we being wise in our relationships? There, you know, I think people get caught up, is this right or this wrong, this relationship? And I, eh, is it wise? Isn't that what we really want? How about in our marriages? Are we being wise? And then with our children, I love what, what Robbie and Ariel shared. Are we, are we teaching them wisdom? Man, what, a, what an impact we can make on the next generation to raise children who are able to process the wise choice. You know, we'll, of course, we'll never fully be wise because we'll never be Jesus, but we can strive to follow so close to the shepherd that we can hear his voice. We can grow in wisdom as we grow closer to Jesus. You know, my whole life as a Christian, I've prayed more than any other prayer, God, please give me wisdom and humility. I know a lot of you guys pray that same prayer for me. Please continue to pray that prayer for me. Wisdom and humility. It's a great prayer. All right, let's, let's talk about how to listen. Um, whoops. Okay. So in the first part of the message here, I hope that I've done two things. I hope that I've given you hope that you can have an abundant life. In fact, that's Jesus' goal for your life, is an abundant life. And then I hope that I've also made it very clear what it takes to have an abundant life, learning to listen to the voice of Jesus, growing wise by listening to the voice of Jesus. And now I want to close with a little how-to. How do we listen to the voice? Or maybe more specifically, what keeps us from hearing his voice? And so we're going to go from the good shepherd to a master shepherd who would become a great king. And we're going to look in Psalm chapter 23. You can turn there. This is kind of the, the crown jewel of all of the Psalms, certainly the Psalms of David. And I want to read through Psalm 23 with you. This is what David wrote. He said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me 
in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How do we start listening to the voice of the good shepherd? How do we drown out all of the other noises and listen to him? I think we have to examine, are there things that are keeping us from hearing the voice of Jesus, our shepherd. If we go through this, you can see David is a shepherd. He relates to God. He's like, the Lord is my shepherd. And we can see from a shepherd, from from someone who grew up as a shepherd with the sheep, who would become a king, who would live an abundant life. This is how you listen to the voice of God. These are things that keep us from hearing the voice of God, keep us from being wise. The first thing is discontent. He starts off and says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When we are full of desire, when we are wanty, we are usually not listening to the voice of Jesus. We're too focused on ourselves. We're hearing us. We can't hear Jesus. You know, Paul talks about being content in all circumstances. And this is what's so amazing, I think, about the abundant life that Jesus wants to give us, is it's not dependent on your circumstance. If we're listening to the shepherd, we can experience abundance, even in times when we feel like we're lacking, as long as we don't focus on the thing we're lacking. When you get focused on the thing that you don't have, that's all you're focused on. But instead, we can know we've got a good shepherd He wants to provide, and he can. The second thing that we need to look out for, if we want to hear the voice of Jesus, is stress. That's where David goes next. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. When we're stressed, we need rest. I'm not good at rest. That is not a strength. I'm trying to learn. One of the things I have learned, though, is that when we get stressed enough, when we refuse to rest for long enough, we are eventually made to lie down. That's what the shepherd will do. Uh, You are injured. You are sick. You are struggling so bad you can't do anything else. And so we have to think, man, it's okay to rest. we got to deal with the stress in our life. Take a break. Take a Sabbath. Spend time with God. To hear his voice, we need to decide to be purposefully restful. And this is something I want to talk about more in the coming months as well. I want to talk about wisdom with us as a church. I want to talk about rest with us as a church. And I want to talk about gospel. You know, I love to talk about gospel. All right, the third thing um, that keeps us from hearing Jesus, our good shepherd, is a worldly focus. It says here that he leads me uh, beside still waters and he restores my soul. You know, daily life uh, does not have built-in still waters. Okay? Life is chaotic. It's turbulent. It's tumultuous. If you're too focused on the world, your job, your schedule, all of the things, there's so many things. They are not still. If you focus on those things, you're going to miss out 
on the most important thing of all, your soul. Who are you? The core of your being. Jesus cares about your life. He cares about your job. He cares about all the things. But more than that, he cares about you, who you really are, your soul. And it says that he can restore our souls beside the still waters. But we've got to seek him in stillness. We need to let him lead us out of the chaos that we get into sometimes so that he can restore our souls. How's your soul doing? Jesus is listening to your soul. He's in touch with your soul, and he can restore it. And then he wants to lead us, the fourth thing here, along paths of righteousness. If you are actively sinning, you're not getting help, not getting open, you're putting earplugs in your ears. There's no way you can hear the voice of Jesus who died for your sins. And I think, Satan messes with us. He wants you to not be able to talk about things. He wants you to feel guilty. Those are are not the voice of the shepherd. That's the thief. That's the robber. He wants you to think, man, people are going to judge me. Everyone here is so perfect. (laughs) No. You won't hear his voice. You won't grow wise or lead a fruitful, abundant life until you take out what's blocking that voice, until you get on that path toward righteousness. Amen? Have that talk so you can hear the voice of your shepherd again. Fifth thing um, is if we're lacking comfort, and so the, David here, he talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but then finding comfort, and even in an unexpected thing in the rod and the staff, we won't get into all of that. Um, but when I say, you know, are you lacking comfort? I don't mean, like, do you need a, a better couch or something in your life? That may be true. Um, or, like, are you lacking the easy life? What I mean is, as we listen to, to the voice of Jesus, we, we're still going to experience heartache in our lives. We're still going to experience difficulty in our lives. You might be walking through that valley right now with different things in your life. And there's not a promise that, that Jesus is just going to fix that thing. Snap his fingers up, you're done, you're free, back to happy times. But there is a promise of comfort when we listen to the voice of Jesus, that we can be comforted as we walk through the valley. And that's an amazing promise. It's such a big deal that Paul calls uh, God the God of all comfort. That's an incredible title for God. He's the God of all Comfort. He later on instructs the church that he wrote that to, to to look out for people who are hurting, for people who are struggling. You know, I think a lot of times we feel bad asking for support or asking for help or seeking comfort. God is the God of all comfort. It's so if we're not if we're not experiencing the comfort that the body of Christ, that the, that the flock should provide, we're not going to hear the voice of the shepherd. When we are in a time of comfort, when we, when we are feeling good, it's so important for us to pursue relationships. It's really hard to pursue relationships when you're in the valley. That's when you need to already have those relationships. And so if you're like, I'm not a relational person, I'm an introvert, amen, you need friends. 
there's going to be some valley times where you're going to be like, where? I don't have any friends. How did this happen? I'm part of a church. We have to pursue those friends. Amen? The last thing is disunity. And this is such an incredible verse. At the end of this, this is this journey with the shepherd that we're going through. If you can, this will help you unplug your ears uh, so you can hear the voice of Jesus. He says, you prepare a table before my enemies. That's what the shepherd can do. He's like, oh, no, let's, let's all eat together. What's the enemy of a sheep? Like a wolf, a bear. Come on. We'll, we'll just, let's sit down and eat together. It's really hard to hear the voice of Jesus when we have relational conflict, when we have disunity, especially in the church. You come to the flock and you're like, oh, that brother. Oh, she, she did me wrong. But the shepherd wants to lead us. The voice of Jesus wants to lead us so we can eat with our enemies. We can restore broken relationships. It's so important to Jesus that he actually told, before there was a church, he said, this is how you deal with stuff in the church. You've got to talk it out. And if talking it out doesn't work, you've got to bring somebody with you. It's that important. Is there something relationally messed up in your life? It's not a small thing. That's keeping you from hearing the voice of your good shepherd. That's the, that's the journey David takes us on here. Listening to the shepherd takes intentional effort. If you've got one of these things, you've got earplugs in. I want to encourage you to unblock your ears so you can hear the shepherd. Here's how David ends his psalm. We read it. He says, You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That sounds like abundance, doesn't it? That sounds like the good life. That's what happens when we follow the shepherd, when we treasure the shepherd. I really want to encourage you to pray through those things. Pray through Psalm 23. See if there's something missing that's keeping you from missing out on hearing the shepherd. Discontentment, stress, a worldly focus, undealt with sin, a lack of comfort, and disunity. Those things will drown out the voice of Jesus. You know, back in John chapter 10, the very next verse from what we read, right after Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have an abundant life, this is what Jesus says. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We're going to take communion right now. And we get a chance to treasure the shepherd who laid down his life for us. You know, uh, we all know how it feels to be lectured. Hopefully you don't feel lectured this morning. Hopefully you feel encouraged, maybe warned a little bit. I try not to lecture my kids too much, uh, but I'm sure that they could tell you, oh yeah, we've, we've endured some lectures from dad. Not that they remember what I said, but just that I was lecturing them. As children of God, when we tune in to the Good Shepherd's voice, we don't get lectured. We get redeemed. That's what you hear. Your shepherd laid down his life for you. That's what he wants you to hear. That's why he can promise abundance. Because he gave up his life so we could have life. He knows how priceless your life is. 
He'd do anything to help you experience an abundant life. He'd do anything to give you a life that's defined not by this or that, but by him. Back to that question, what's your life all about? I hope it's all about Jesus. Spending time with your shepherd. Spending time with the flock. That's a good, good life. Jesus tells this parable in Luke 15, uh, which is like my favorite chapter in the whole Bible. And the first parable in that chapter is about the lost sheep. And, And Jesus tells us what he will do for one lost sheep. He'll leave the 99. He'll run through the fields. He's listening for the voice of that one lost sheep. And Jesus knows your voice. And if you feel disconnected, if you're like, I don't know if I'm really with the flock right now. I don't know, I don't know if I'm listening to Jesus. He's running after you. He's been waiting to hear from you. Right now in communion, you can reconnect with your shepherd. He's been waiting for you so he could bring you into his green pastures. He can make you lie down. He can bring you to that, that cool water and refresh your soul. He's been waiting for that. Let's treasure the shepherd. Let's intentionally decide to get away, get some time away, and listen for his voice. If it's just an hour spent away from phones, whatever, listen. Even now, as you take communion, you can listen for his voice. But maybe more importantly, we can treasure right now the fact that he knows your voice too. He knows your name, and he laid down his life to protect you, to give you a wonderful abundant life. That's what our shepherd did. It's really good. Amen. Let's pray for communion. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for Jesus. Uh, We thank you uh, that he would want his disciples to understand that he is a shepherd, uh, that he cares for them. Uh, I think about even even when Peter uh, betrayed Jesus, uh, Jesus made sure that Peter was brought back into the fold. And he said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Three times, Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Lord, we, uh, we are the sheep of your pasture. We want to be led by you. We want to drown out the other noises, uh, and we want to hear you. And I pray that as we take this communion right now, as we think about how you're the good shepherd that laid down your life for us, that we could have that, just even if it's just a moment where we hear you speak. Lord, speak to us in this moment. Show us your will. Show us what we need to do to hear from you more, that we could be your people, you could be our God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Lansing Area Church of Christ. While we're happy to share this message via podcast, we'd love to pray and worship with you in person. To learn more about our services or to connect with us, please visit us at lansingchurch.org. Have a great week and go with God. Thank you.